0: Hello, welcome to the Telf Rugby podcast. I'm pleased to announce, I've got the two usuals in the studio, Harvey and Zachary Hutchinson. How are you boys? Is chilly in this chilly little December evening?
1: I'm doing well, mate. Just finished my last exam. I'm free. Coming home on Sunday.
2: So... I'm uh, I'm acting like I'm free. I'm really not, but um, <laughs> I've kind of taken a week, week sabbatical, we'll say. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. No, it's been good. It's been good.
0: Shout out to Harvey. He was in Wales, and someone thought he was Leary Sammet, and he got a few got a few people trying to take photos of him.
2: <laughs> two, people, two people asked me if, said that I looked a bit like Louie Sammet, and then they were like, you're Scarlet's, and then just end up having some random rugby chat, which when you're from England, yeah, England, obviously, rugby's big here, but you don't just go into Tesco and end up speaking to some random person about rugby. It doesn't happen. It happens about football, so it's weird just having a chat with people about rugby, but, um, especially when it's too not being misogynistic in any way, but when it's two like 50, 60-year-old women who were just loving the fact that they were like, "Yeah, we didn't watch much All Nations Cup. Yeah, we're Scarlet's fans and all this stuff. It's quite funny actually. That's hilarious. That's you so gotta love it. So shout out to them if you're listening. But yeah, <laughs>
0: did you tell you them about the
2: pod? It. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I should have. I should have.
0: <laughs> I'll be sharing the pod everywhere you go. But we'll start anyway. Will we start with Wales? Wales, Italy, All Nations Cup. Fairly convincing win. And the big talking point, I guess we'll get more on it when we chat about our Lions previews, is Toby Falatow is properly back. Put in a mile-a-match performance. Not sure did he actually get malamatch, but he was in around it anyway. And he was quite outstanding, as was Justin Tiprick. Um, it took a while to break itly down wheels, but all in all, a nice way for wheels to end. I know it wasn't ideal, the whole. Nation Cup for them, but they still still put in a good performance to finish it up, and definitely things to work on ahead of the Six Nations.
2: Definitely. definitely, Nice way to end it, especially after the poor run of form they've had, for sure. Um, but I feel like now, it's just, they've really got to step up in the Six Nations when it comes around, and hopefully they can they can bring back the old Wales. They need the Millennium Stadium back.
1: Apparently yeah. uh, yeah. Scarlet's just wasn't working for them. No. Nah. Like, it's, it's just one of those things when Pivac needs, Pivac needs time, you know, like it's, I don't like the fact people are calling for his head and stuff like that. It's just, that's not, that's very unrugby. like, you know, save that for Chelsea or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, or City. Eh, no, that's it at the moment. But, um, like, yeah, like it's, it would have been, it would have been, like we said last week, you know, if, if they got beat by Wheels, that would have been, or Wales got beat, that would have been, whew. but they didn't. You know, so like, all in all, it's just it's just one of those games, you know. Just I'm you know. I
0: was listening to uh Sam Warburton after that, and he has to be the best on Cool Comms or pundit about mm. his knowledge on the game is so good. They asked him, they are like, "What do you then think between uh, Faltai and Um vinipolo for number eight after Faltai's great performance?" And he just went, "Faltai six, Vinopolo eight, end of." And then I went, I never thought about that. But just little things like that, he's constantly just throwing in these things people don't think of, thinking outside the box. Um, And he needs to kind of work his way maybe into that, w- well, shit up more. I feel he's wasted as a pundit. I don't know about you, Zach. I know you're a big Warburton fan. I feel Wales need him more than just a breakdown specialist. They need him in the coaching setup properly, maybe defense coach. I don't know what he specializes in, but he was never annoying for his attacking yeah. anyway.
1: I think, yeah, like he definitely, he definitely gets a call up. I think, um, the coaching setup, like he's not, just
0: not every great player is a great coach, but you can tell him, you can tell them
1: just, the game. He just, he's, he's, he's just, he's rugby in the brain. You know, he knows exactly what's going on. Like I feel, I would argue Brian Abana is another example in the prime. I think he's quite knowledgeable, and Dylan Hartley too. But you can, you can tell when people are trying too hard. You see it a lot sometimes with some of the BT sport pundits, especially the rugby players who are injured, who come in who either just don't really care and don't want to be there or just who are so over-exaggerating that you just need a calm... Like, you know, take a chill pill,
2: mate. I um, felt like from... that, um, I was going to say, I felt like from that, like, charismatic point of view as well, he, he kind of fits that mould. Like, he looks like a leader. Do you know what I mean? He he's, he's he looks like something. someone that you would like to follow, that you would like to take, take advice from, for example.
1: Yeah, no, he's just... He is he probably didn't get enough credit he deserves I think when he was playing um, but yeah I think he's a bright, I could see him kind of moving into the Welsh setup up properly and the Lions and stuff and,
0: and then I guess the next game um, maybe not front line game was Fiji got a game in the end, destroyed Georgia mm, destroyed. and showed signs of what they can do and I just gotta say it's a real shame that they weren't available for the other three games because I think they would have one upset. Usually you get one and three if you've probabilities. And I feel they would have shocked one of those teams in that group, whether that have been Italy, whether that had been Scotland, or whether that have been France. Um, it's a shame because I do think that team has a lot to offer. Big Namali Nandolo hat trick coming out of retirement. Yeah. They, they, they can shift
1: it's great. It's great to see that they finally got a game. Like we've been chatting about it for weeks now. It's just it's like as long as Fiji like you want to see them perform, like you you know, stay tuned for our special edition pod, chatting about you know, Pacific Islands and stuff. We just you want to see the Pacific Islands do well. They just live and breathe rugby. You think Wales do and stuff like that, but like my word, like it's all they do. It's the it's the main sport. So it's good to see them, you know, put a hiding in, even if it only is Georgia. You know the fact that the Fiji haven't been training, haven't been playing for months,
2: you know? and it's a classic Fiji game, isn't it? Just yeah, constant it scoring, exciting rugby. That's what you want. That's what we wanted them in there for in the first place. Um, they're not going to sit there and have a tight game, and it's just not in not in their culture. And ultimately, I think if we were to integrate them into more, you know, Northern Hemisphere rugby, you, it just makes the whole thing exciting. And I think related to what you said, self, about upsets. It's these kind of teams that do bring the upsets. So, you know, you Japan, you Fiji, those kind of teams. They're just going to go out there and fight against anyone. And you never know. They could have. They could have made England trip potentially later on in the in the stages, and obviously in their group, they could have made Italy and some other teams like that trip as well, which would have been good to see. Would have been good to see. But there yeah. are
0: always potential Fiji. I just feel they need more games at the top level because when the World Cups come around, they do show up. Samoa and Tonga are a different story I feel a lot of people put the three of them together Fiji are well ahead of Samoa and Tonga as Zach said about our Pacific Islander channel special. we go into more detail on that but I feel Fiji need more games like that did against Georgia and higher because Georgia it was a shame if you flip it on its head like Georgia were showing promising signs and it's a shame that they got a hammering by the team that they were supposed to get the win over
1: not mm. good at all yeah I, I think it's it's in terms of georgia you know this has been this has been integral it's been it's been pivotal i think they'll look back on it in years to come for their the history of georgian rugby the fact that they have finally been in a competition with decent northern hemisphere sides um i think it'd be and especially like it you know they've got they do have neil doak and david humphreys at the helm you know it is it is exciting you know like the way they've the way David Humphreys turned around Gloucester, you know, and the way he was director rugby for Ulster, like there's it, the future is still bright for Georgia. It's just there's a lot of work to do. That's really it's it. interesting what happens
0: to them. I know they were only helping out because it was based in England. So I don't know if they're there full time, but they definitely need to be penciled in for a four year cycle around yeah. the next World Cup. It's no, hard definitely. though. It's hard going out to Georgia. I don't know what it's like over there, but sure they'll enjoy it a bit more than Belfast, I anyway. know. <laughs> <laughs> Guess moving on to Ireland and the Aviva Stadium, um, a fairly convincing win against Scotland, probably
1: a bit of a surprise. Uh, surprise slash not surprise. Typical Scotland more than typical Ireland, I think. Um, just don't turn up when it matters. You know Scotland have been playing well the whole time. Um, very close to beating France. You know really on the up. You know we've been chatting for weeks. You know good foundation being built. Lions kind of players on like potential and then just didn't turn up for me it was scotland's discipline was per like it was purr it was just needless penalties like it was just it was it was just so purr
0: i know Jimmy ritchie was per as well and yeah. he's another one that wants to put his hand in a lion spot and just can't be afforded countless amounts of penalties i know he's trying to get just in and over the honest. ball but some of them were a bit lazy some yeah, of them you me, just got to get your hands away
1: and you know maybe another f might have you know, viewed the breakdown differently. But the fact that you know what that ref's gonna do, you know in the first 20 minutes, even 10 minutes, what the ref is gonna be like in terms of the breakdown. You know before the game, because you're studying the ref and how he treats it. Like for me, it's a lack of willingness to adapt to the situation yeah. that you're in. And I think that is if, if I'm Warren Gatlin and I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, that's not that's not who I want on my team. Because you could you could analyze a ref for the second test Alliance tour, must win game and you know, Jimmy Ritchie just can't be bothered to adapt and play. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bode well. Doesn't bode. No, I'm uh,
0: but Duhedge, not Hedge Van der Merw, <laughs> Duhan, Van der Merve Um, exceptional.
1: He was decent. He was decent. You know, credit where credit's due. Feel sorry for Junkie Dunk, but.
0: Now let chat about the winger, there. Uh, the oh, Van der Volt was the turning. Oh yeah,
2: Van der Merve is the uh, <laughs> the big man.
0: Well, der Merwe is the big man out wide. But Van de Volt, yeah, firstly on Van de Volt. He was decent. <laughs> he, was he was decent.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right, though. It, it's a bit unfair on Chunky Dunk, but I think Van de Volt has put himself now as the number three now that he's qualified because yeah. we always yeah. chat yeah. about the plans, and the plan was always him to be in the setup and not Chunky. And the fact Duncan got himself back in was a shame because, not a shame for him, but a shame for the. The Scottish, board, the Scottish rugby board because they, they had their plan of the free 10s and wasn't in it and they had a look at Vanderville and it was good, had a proper ping on him like um, yeah. one of the penalties that hit the post he absolutely smashed it and he has his shoe on him and one thing that Scotland lack I'd say if Adam Hastings doesn't start is a kicker that you can rely on and he is a really reliable goal kicker Probably the best goal kicker out of anyone in the Scotland setup. Disrespectful to Chunky because he's also, also a great goal kicker, but he proved that he's a good goal kicker. I know he missed one, but he could see he's got a sweet strike on him, and I'm sure he's got plenty more caps
1: to come. Yeah, like, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I think going back to Vander Merver, he is a baller. Like a steam me,
2: train. That's what for, I like to
1: call him. For me, he's going to South Africa. You're like, he's starting at this rate. He, like, he's unbelievable. He's been
2: on fire, hasn't he, since just kind of so the summer? Weird.
1: But he, like, they kept talking about his Pro 14, John Barkley kept chatting about his Pro 14 chats during the game. Like, the stats are decent. Like, I think he made, was it 80 line breaks, 80 <laughs> something. He made 80 line breaks. The person next to him was like 60. He has 20 more line breaks than anyone else in the Pro 14. Or something like, something like crazy stat. It
0: like might that. have been bigger than that, but it was like nearly double.
2: Um, in the... I think he's got... On he, on average, he beats 5.6 defenders a game, which is something a bit crazy.
0: But his try wasn't just stand out the wing and finish it. He got in, pick pick and go, seen Herring off a big fend, and he was in under the sticks. Yeah. So much pace to get around Stockdale and
1: get Stockdale yeah, like a touch on him. I, think, I don't think Stockdale's a, uh, to blame for that because I remember watching... Like, first watching it being like, Stockdale, you got to make that. But then watching the replay, you're just saying, actually, you know what? The one stopping him. Like he just has gas. Like just the fact that he's probably sitting out in the wing, he's probably analyzing the fact that Ireland don't set their pillars well. And then he just um completely sees the sees the moment. You know, like yeah, for me he's starting like in the lines in summer. He's just it was he's just so good. And the lines he the lines he hits. I remember against Italy a couple of weeks ago, just the line he hit the scored his try. Like you just you're not stopping that. He's,
0: he's hard bring he'll always make E yards and it's when he gets space, he's even more lethal because when he gets ahead of steam, he's
1: impossible to stop.
0: Well, I he's think he's he's, yeah. he's a must now. He's a must he's, on line. He's, he's, he's like
1: a he's a faster George North.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, do, according to these stats here on the Pro14 website, Merva's 25, six foot four, and 107 kg. Steam train, steam train. <laughs> <laughs> steam train, and that that's
0: not that doesn't, put, not down how, that, like, doesn't that's 20, put down a... stop. And that he's 25.
2: He he's 25. Yeah. That's not that's like not
0: showing quick ears like yeah you need to start what his 100 meter time is because it's 10 point something
2: it's it's definitely up there but like just the just the sheer fact he's six foot four and 107 kilograms like we're literally talking with large back rows on that point and then you, you you bring in this pace and everything and you've just got this like steam train of a winger um like you said he is a, he is kind of a faster stronger george north in a weird way isn't he um if anyone if we even thought that was possible a couple of years ago but yeah
1: yeah it's just it's it's mad, isn't it? It's and like who, do you,
0: just, who do you think stood out for Ireland? Uh, I thought Johnny Sexton's kick for the, Keith Earls' try was rolling back the years. That was mm, audacious, to say the least.
1: It's decent. And Keith um, Earls himself, looking sharp. Really sharp since he's Keith come Earls, back Earls, in. Keith I was such say it. He's, he's such a weird one. He's such a weird one. He's well on his way to getting 100, I think, at this
2: rate. It's, um, almost like, it's almost like they just write him off, and then he comes on, gets a performance, and then they're like, oh. He there, you are. Been, there you man.
1: are. <laughs> I, I remember when he, I remember I was P seven when he was playing. You know what I mean? Like thirty
2: three. He's, yeah. oh, he's, yeah. he's been around. He's been
1: for years. I remember watching him, the first ever game with the Crookers to watch um Ireland v Australia. I'm pretty sure he was on the bench. Like, he's just. <laughs> but
0: they say you know, he hasn't lost any pace since 2009 when he broke on. He hasn't
1: lost any pace. No. Apparently, he's got quicker in his 30s He's, he's sharp. He's he's a, he's a finisher. You know, he's just he's a natural born finisher. He's a try he scored in the corner um yeah. in the second half. You know, it was just it was just a natural finisher's try. You know, he's always getting in the corner, he's always gonna sneak in somehow. Um, I thought he stood out well. Peter Romani, like just in terms of the, the passion. Just like I just love the passion. That finish nearly from Peter Romani. Uh like he was ripping. But that's what I want. You know, I want them kind of being angry at the ref. It's not like if he's not captain, then who cares? Um <laughs> like that's what I want. Like, he was clearly his foot was in touch, you know, and there's yeah. clearly a mark, and he's still like yapping on about it. I love it.
0: He's another one that you write off, but he always comes back, and he's yeah. made that seven jersey his kind of, and it'd be hard for Van de Flair,
1: Connors to get it off him. Um, Yeah, I think it's it, but just it's purely the passion. You just, you know, Connors might be a better chopper and stuff like that, but you you want the passion.
2: Sometimes you know. don't just need that niche, do you? You feel like. Nah. You feel like sometimes you do just need that heart of a lion, don't you?
1: Because he just he's, he just leads from that position, you know. Like it's 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 beautiful to watch, just being honest. The negative
0: though with putting Piyomani seven, I was reading it on Twitter. I was having a good discussion with the front rower at the front rower. got to give him a follow? But um, he was saying that Ireland seemed to have a problem with bringing their six into the game because when CJ Stanner goes from eight to six and Doors goes to eight you don't see C.J. Stander in the game. But the minute C.J. Stander starts eight, he's always in the game. He's the best player. So I don't know if it's just a systems thing, but whoever's playing six for Aaron never seems to carry the ball. And C.J., when he plays six, you don't see him. But when he plays eight, he's always best playing the pitch. But the problem is Doris got him out of the match at eight. So fitting them both in maybe just doesn't work. I don't know. It's a hard one. But there's no one else putting their hand up to Go at six ahead of CJ if he's playing six um it's maybe really you need to tough like
2: transform henderson into a six or something
0: that's exactly really. what he, that's exactly what he said on twitter was i want to see henderson at six and i was like
2: maybe wow. you just need like a hard carrier like that instead someone that's maybe not quite yeah. as much energy but just a hard brick
1: yeah or like yeah. a Ty burn a tie burn a jackler at six yeah mm. yeah like i mean it's it's good for ireland i think ireland was a it was a good win for them. I think at the same time, Scotland definitely were the bigger losers rather than Ireland being bigger winners, that even makes sense. But um, it, was just, it was good for Ireland just to get a result before kind of going into the Six Nations and stuff. So, yeah,
0: all to play for you know? There's plenty, plenty of talking points anyway, but we'll move on to the big one. The big one. The big one. Big, the big the one. Eng- Go, brace it, yourselves. England, <laughs> England <laughs> won the All Nations Cup. Fair play. Uh, just a few stats Yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave
2: it at that. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, we won the All Nations Cup. Move on. Congratulations. <laughs> just
0: a few, just a few stats.
2: Here we go. Here comes the bullets.
0: About the about the France game, they had twenty five frontline internationals not playing. Twenty five.
1: Twenty
0: five. So that it's is nearly
1: two. That is literally the C team.
0: That that I said. It's
2: it's, it... it's this. It's the B and a half C team. Ah, what it's the C
1: team because the, the C, C- team C- always no. has B team players. Come on, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Seconds cup, Telfer. You know what we're talking about. Boydie was always sticking in a few first team players. <laughs> there's, a few, there's a few, overlappers, but always a few overlappers. That's a C team.
0: You could tell in Farrell's face that although they won it, they won't be happy, England at all.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a stinker. I don't know. I think I, I don't think I think England will be happy. He'll be furious with himself. I think part of part of that, like really flat interview that he gave afterwards was because of the fact that he was like, he literally had, we're not oh, even exaggerating five or six opportunities to win that game. It didn't even have to go close to extra time. Like it was an absolute joke. The amount he missed in that game. Um, and obviously everyone has an off day. Hopefully he just bounces back and it doesn't affect him much. But obviously it's not good to see, um, but I, I I want to come at it from a different angle and say that I honestly think France have just got this incredible system at the moment, and I said it while we were watching the game that I don't it doesn't matter who puts that blue shirt on. the The system that is going on at France at the moment and the tactics that are being employed, honestly, they just look relentless. The they defense honestly look relentless.
0: The defense yeah. was incredible. the mm. one right before the end, of, just right before half
2: time
1: where England were on the yeah. line. And they yeah. are just repelling them with every... It was like
2: 10 phases as well, actually, within the that's five minutes. That's
1: just, that's the Sean Edwards effect, you know? It like, is. Sean Edwards is, is integral to how France have just turned it around.
2: Shout like, out to um, the ladies at Tesco again in Wales, because I was chatting to them about that as well. <laughs> they were missing him dearly. Um, <laughs> he's well loved in Wales, so if they ever want to, if you ever wants to head back, they want yeah,
1: you back. I found in Pivac, like, or Pivac, I don't know. Pivac, Pivac,
2: Pivac, I don't know. Pivac, Sean, I
1: don't know. Um, like you'd be wanting him back. And
0: he's just it out just of the shift. Yeah, just a bit insert into Sean Edwards. Apparently, after every single game, you come into the team room. That's what Jimmy Roberts said. You come into the team room, and he's got every single player one to twenty-three and a dash, and then one sentence or line about your defensive performance. So he, Roberts is like, you just scroll down, you'd be freaking out, and it'd be <laughs> like number one, great shift, fella, good hits, and really simple stuff, and then like number four. What well, the F happened at minute number three with that chop. And he would just, he wouldn't miss anything in terms of defense. He would call every night for every little inner detail. So I think that philosophy is not in the French team that they all know. Mm. They're all getting called out in the team run if you miss a tackle. So nobody's missing tackles. And, we, and, we
2: all, and you've got to remember as well, that. we were always saying when France were going through this little lull and we were saying about how, you know, it's all about the clubs for them, nothing about the international um, we were all saying the issue is they've always had a quality squad. It was just the attitude. The attitude yeah. just wasn't there for France. We always thought they were just prioritizing clubs over everything else. Um, and maybe contractually, that's still happening to some degree. But you can tell, even if that is being employed in France, that there is something, like they are seriously putting that shirt on with pride, every single one of them, every single week. Um, yeah, I think,
1: yeah, like that's actually really interesting what you say in terms of it's, it's mindset. Because at the end of the day, there's only so much a defense coach can do like I know that there is, there's clearly tactics at play. Like especially in terms of like um and the jackal and stuff like that and all that jazz. But it comes down to mindset. It comes down to attitude. You know, and you go back to what you're talking about. Their Telf. like it is. It's just it's it's how you just gear up an entire team. So imagine imagine on a life.
0: on a Monday, say when we were back at school, Zach, if we watched a video and then Mr. or was a great coach, just kept putting up videos of Zach missing tackles. On Saturday, if he does that every week, you're gonna start. I'd
1: never fooling. want
2: to miss a tackle, would you? You're gonna you'd, start throwing your shoulder in a bit more. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like,
1: and I was always missing tackles. You know what I mean? So like I might have, I might have actually put a shoulder in.
2: One thing know? I've got to say as well is shout out to, um, obviously Matthew Jalibur. He played quality, but also Bryce Doolin, the fifteen. I honestly mm-hmm. think he had a quality game. I think yeah. confidence, particularly defensively, comes from your 15. And the amount of just bombs that were going towards him. And he was just up on every single yeah, every one. His time. kicking was spot yeah. on. Like, I, I hardly think he hit it, I don't think he hit it out in the full, maybe once. with, a, I think it was a slight communication error on one of them when they passed it back into the 22. I think That was the only time. But apart from that, he was spot on with that. He matched England every time. They hardly ever lost the territory battle in that sense. And they just, He's, yeah, He's that's, like the... a, that's like our main dagger. And he just managed to sit there and go half penny style, bang up, kick every time. And he was just spot yeah, on. Like,
1: I think it, our conversation just proves the fact that the real winners were France. They were, they were. You know, they have re- really shown to the world that their C team <laughs> could challenge as mm. the best Northern Hemisphere side.
2: <laughs> they were, no, their C team would get to the
1: quarters easy. That's the thing. C team, easy getting out of the World Cup group. Like, it's, it's just scary. It's
2: but scary. We're not
0: going to deflect this away to how good France were. We're going to focus on the real issue. Is Owen Farrell. I'm going to say something. All right, go. No, you were going to say
1: go. said this before. Here we go. All, all right. right, go. I'm
0: excited for this. Owen Farrell has never proven himself to be a world-class goal kicker in the biggest games. In the first Lions test, he missed a few kicks. I think maybe it might have only been one that was an early know, conversion. That's harsh. That's and then slowly he did come good in that tour but he was never faced with a challenging kick like the one to win it in the second test and then the final test were all fairly straightforward i know all right that is a bit harsh in him in the lions tour he did kick he kicked decent but he didn't kick really half halfpenny esque in 2013 yeah, where was, yeah, nothing was nothing was missed then it comes to the world cup final which nobody ever speaks about he missed was it two maybe three he missed a feud in the World Cup final, which you should be getting in a World Cup final. You've seen Percy Montgomery in two thousand and seven. Does not miss. They win the World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> what such a shout out there! It's a great shout. Percy Montgomery. Comes to I said I said to Harvey, I won't see Farrell eight minutes on the clock win you the game. We laugh. John does yeah. does it countless times for Ulster. But anyway, he got given a chance there and he bottled it. He got given another chance and he bottled it and he finally got it. That is not impressive because. If you're practicing to kick, you're going to miss a few and then eventually get it. Yeah. I just feel if England gets the latter stages of World Cups, that is worrying. And maybe George Ford should be the frontline goalkeeper.
1: Harvey, take this one, mate. He's attacking your country. So.
2: I, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you on the two games. I'm just trying to actually try and find statistics on him for Saracens just to see if it's an issue there as well or if it's just
1: it's mike mccall's fault
2: and <laughs> it's just under the red roses but um yeah I, I, i'll i be honest i don't have anything to fight back at you with but i can just come at it from observation for myself and obviously i do agree with you to some extent i don't feel like i wouldn't say he's the best kicker in the world obviously he's not well um, people
0: put himself in that bracket and i felt I, I felt it was a delusional comment to make because Andre pollard is so much better Andre off the Pollard
2: team. is the best is the best easy kicker from the spot in, in the world. I, I was watching him opinion. against
0: when it was Joe Simmons no <laughs>
1: <laughs> But
0: we joke about that. Imagine bringing in Joe Simmons at ten who doesn't miss a kick and far at twelve.
1: Joe Simmons has bottle. That their kick to the kick that he made from beyond I think it was on the ten meter line if not behind it in the final seconds of the World or the European Cup final. Huge. Huge would, Fa- kick. would Farrell have got that. Farrell would not it, have
2: got that. My my issue is my issue is no way. I feel like Farrell had like that wasn't just I missed one clutch kick, he missed a, ho- a whole load of them. And some of them weren't even like hard. Like he's won an extra no. time, wasn't was that you'd was expect him hard. to hit that. No, you'd expect him to hit that, especially. Um so to me, I see that as I actually take that as more of a positive and think he's had a really bad off day. It's not just he's lacking the ability. I feel like confidence-wise, he shot himself in the foot. I feel like he should have handed over the responsibility to Elliot Daly or Ford much earlier on than when he did. But obviously, it's Farrell, so I don't think he's going to do that. Um, But is that a problem
1: in itself? Potentially. I I, I rate the attitude. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm the leader. I'm the captain. I'm taking the reins. I'm going to grab him by the balls. I respect that. I really do, speaking to someone like myself. Uh, when Ali Telford turns around and says he's got a bad hamstring and I've just ran half the pitch from an interception, um, <laughs> but we'll say we'll say no more. But at the same time, there comes a point where you have to throw your ego in the bin and be like Elliot, mate, you need to take these because my kick-in is crap.
2: <laughs> that's where I. That's where I think. Do we just have to walk into every game with a plan B of right? Because we've always, like in pretty much every lineup, we've got a second kicker on the field at some point. Um so can we can we just go into every game and say, look, oh, and if you start missing a couple or if you miss a couple and you feel like you're not quite comfortable today, we'll move on. But then it's like, all right, you're walking onto the pitch with your captain, your leader, the guy who's doing all this motivational stuff. Yeah, he's not even confident in himself. I don't feel like you can be confident. You can bring confidence if you're not confident in yourself. So either it has to be tackled. I But I, I'm very much in the point now where I don't want to look too much into that game because I, don't, I feel like it was an anomaly. I know he might have missed a couple in the World Cup final, but I'm not going to generalize two performances in his whole career. No,
0: but he's never had not many players
2: moments. do. There's there's probably you could probably name ten goal kickers in the last ten years that have had clutch moments like that.
0: I'm saying Dan Carter, Andre Pollard, in the World Cup finals in the biggest. They deliver, and Owen Farrell don't, and he will never.
2: Owen Farrell's had Whoa. look. Jurgen Klopp missed three finals and everyone was going to call him a bottle job. He then won his next two and everyone's now calling him the genius of like, he then won his, you know, the next biggest one and everyone's calling him the genius and like one of the best managers of all time. You can afford to slip up the first couple of times. I feel like if we get to the next World Cup final, for example, and then he does it, I can then start agreeing with you. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's an interesting man. one. It's an interesting one. Definitely...
2: I don't feel like you can it's it's one of those it's such a specific scenario. You can't you can't recreate that. You like even in training or anything, you can't you can do as much practice as you like. You can't recreate that. And I understand you're probably gonna think of it as all right, well it's just ingrained in him that he can't like it's not possible for him. He just doesn't have that ability, that bottle in the final moment. But
0: no, yeah, I'll, fl- I'll flip it round. If there's anyone that has a winner's mentality, it's Farrell. In terms mm-hmm. of working mm-hmm. hard, trying to put things right. If anyone was going to turn it around and kick well in the final, it would be Farrell. But I just haven't seen it yet, and he's nearly 30.
2: But we were only I drawing even on two a, occasions. Even a, dro- even
0: a drop kick. I've never seen him in a pocket to win a game. And I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be like a Nogara.
2: Yeah, but people don't drop kick anymore. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> Not in the game anymore. Like We were looking at France to do it, and they just never did it. Like it they were
1: getting ready. Happen. They were just. That was for me. That bit in the game showed why it was a C team. They just lacked the bottle. They just. Yeah, it was. Just, yeah. And, and there was, off.
2: and the, the the penalty they gave away at the end was just stupid. Like, why are you lack, yeah, why was... are you jackaling at that point? Like, yeah, you're an was, idiot. That what was you doing?
1: Silly. That was silly.
0: Oh, well, that was an experience, but, but yeah, I with, think you're right. yourself with, with the French turn, then. Um, they're wanting Jalibar in and then know Toulouse tonight are playing Rantamac at 12. Do you think... Yeah, I saw that. Do you think that they are trying to now fit in a 10 and a 12 in terms of maybe a better goal kicker? Because Jalbert off the tee
1: was incredible. Yeah, like, potentially yeah. Like, I think... You know, we'll we'll save it, I guess, for when our Lions podcast comes out. But then there's more of this this conversation. I think very much goes into the Lions, um, in terms of who's going to be kicking and stuff like that. But yeah, probably like at the end of the day, Owen Farrell is a fantastic player. He's a fantastic twelve. I would say a world class twelve. Yeah. The reason I say I don't use is a world class ten he can't kick in the big the big moments. Um, and it is I think it's preventing him from that next level from that like. All time great level. You know?
0: I disagree because I think he's okay. a rugby league player that has been shoehorned into a side. He's an unbelievable leader like his dad, but he's really not that good in terms of his kicking from hand. Isn't anything that you're like George Ford's kicking from hand is so much better in terms of pinning yeah, the corners that. and. If you honestly take Far out of that side, I want to see how well the England Times side do because I don't think it's dropping that much if you bring in... If you play 4-10 and 2-Langie and Slade, I honestly think that's a better option.
1: Personally, Joe Simmons at 10 is a better option. But, um, you know, it's my own... Based
2: on, based on previous selection and probably what Eddie Jones will do, which is stay with Ford. Um, I think
1: he stays with Ford. I that's I think it's a great roll of dice, Too Lange and Slade, because you know, like Slade is Slade's there, like he's set in that place. And to be honest, Too Lange is a bowler. It's um, Farrell's gonna fall into the Johnny Sexton
0: where he's not. He you can't drop him because he's Farrell. And once you fall into that, it's dangerous
1: because we're, in it, dangerous. And where, and we're Sexton, in it now. dangerous. That's where We're in it. We're in it. Playing in the next World Cup of thirty eight, you you get stuck that's in ridiculous. it. Ridiculous. No, he's not. No offense to him, like, but no. I know, like you know, he's he's a you know he's a passion for his country and stuff, but you know that's nah, too much. Too but much. I'll I'll let Farrell respond. I'll let him
0: respond with his talking on the pitch. But we'll we'll keep this rolling.
1: Owen oh, personally, when you're listening to this, I still rate you mate, but I still rate, rate Owen Farrell. Uh, I so, <laughs>
2: think I, no, I think we're looking at one bad game and we're judging him instantly just off that one bad game. He is a world class ten and a world class twelve.
1: To be fair, yeah, people people did it the Bowden Barrett during the Lions too, you know. No, boom, boom Basketball Cup. Farrell's a world-class leader. I haven't seen it on the pitch as much
0: recently. And he's now... Farrell, he's now push,
2: push apart, from, apart from Farrell's tackling, he does not make a mistake, apart from the kicking, obviously, in the recent game. But, like, he doesn't... Like, apart from those two aspects of his game, like, he'll always give you direction. He never squints a pass. He's constantly... Like, he just, you just know what's going to happen when he's got, he's got the ball in his hand. He doesn't look uncertain it just it gives that certainty and when you're playing the most influential position on the pitch that is just so so important you can't underestimate that we're talking about Alwyn Jones and how long his career's gone leadership gets into that level and like you have to be a leader in it's that kind of role a leader a leader is a player like you don't just have to have good ability because if you can't chat if you the can't best. motivate if you can't do anything like that you're not good you're not going to be good enough and an, you're not going to be good enough
1: that is
2: that is you might say all he's got is leadership, but leadership, to me, is something that you're you're born with, or you have a natural and like a natural ability to do. And if you that is something that sometimes is very hard to come by, especially in someone who's a world class rugby player. So if you can match those two things together, I think that puts him at a level just as it is.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. A world, I'm saying all he is is a world class leader. He's not a world class rugby player.
2: Hmm.
0: He's far from the best ten, even in England, in terms of. Actually playing as a night half.
1: So mm. Simmons the number one. Anyway, um, interesting. But interesting.
0: we'll, we'll, we'll had enough of that. We'll, we'll bring that back and we chat about the Lions because he's still we still our Lions captain. But it's interesting. Mm. Really is Look, interesting. Looking
2: at looking at this, he looks like across Saracens I mean he's about an 80% kicker. Well, for for the Lions, for the Lions, he's a 95% kicker.
1: Plus. Okay. Well, he just turns it on for the Lions, then
2: you know. He's nine out of nine and then four out of two on conversions. So. Ooh but then across saracens and across saracens and england he's about 80 percent interesting it's very very anecdotal that but he got yeah.
0: he, he cost them the european cup because he got a red card and missed the semi-final
2: like but that's not was... about the discipline that we were on about before that's not
0: sorry people are deluded by oden
1: farrell we'll move on from it um still better, my, my...
2: still better than johnny sexton yeah, 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 yeah. We'll he we'll is. <laughs>
1: well, will John, well, Owen Farrell be playing at a World Cup when he's 38? I don't think so. <laughs> probably,
2: because honestly, Actually, he, probably he just be beats everyone us. up around him. Like it's he not like will. he's getting any damage.
0: My <laughs> final, my final point is about England on the decline, and Ooh. they need. I want. We're not. I'm not going to be negative now. I'm just going to say what I want to see, and I want to see in February. New players in the squad and not Daly, Farrell, Vinopola, all this, because that is starting to stagnate. And it two, will only... two people,
2: you're on about that. Three people actually who came off the bench who I thought had a real impact on the game. Will Stewart in his scrummaging, quality, quality, quality player. We've spoken about Ben Earl before. I think Ben O is ready to come in he's and boring. he's young and he's fresh. And then I think Max Mellings. Had an awesome game yeah, as yeah, well when game. he came yeah, on. He was direct. Oh, yeah. He was energetic. He he gave that like like I said about before direction and certainty. I don't think you can underestimate that. We we absolutely ripped Ross Byrne for how frail he looked when he had the ball in his hand. I think it's a touchy subject, man. Come on, you're better than that, are we? Come on. Apologies. I had to go <laughs> blow the bell at one point. But anyway, um, yeah. Talking well, about do you, fresh. Do you players. want to see
0: new players? Do you want to see Simmons brothers? Do you, yeah. you want to see them yet? Or do you? One hundred percent. Are you happy with Eddie's team at the minute, or are you starting to see stagnation?
2: No, I'm. I'm still coming from the from the aspect that came out from before. Of Eddie has got a project. He is closely monitoring all these boys. He's closely in contact with all these guys, in my opinion. And he's, they know when they're coming in. They have probably got dates that they're going to be coming into the squad, just because they're not in it right now. Eddie's not an idiot. Eddie knows who Sam Simmons, Joe Simmons. He knows who these boys are. Like he, they will be in the squad one hundred percent at some point within the next 12 months. But you've just got to give them time. You can't just chuck them in because they're right. Because ultimately, they've got to push whoever's in front of them out of the way. That's how I always see it. The reason why you get these players coming back over old older is because no one's pushed them out of the way. We always say that. Um, and I feel like he's just waiting for them to push the person in front of them out of the way. Once that happens, you'll start it's, to see
0: them. It's 2021 um, in a few weeks. And the World Cup's 2023, so... It will be this calendar year. We'll start to see it, and I'm excited to see it because England, in terms of talent, have every every ability to go all the way I'm in sure. the World Cup. Sure. And I'll be really interested to see this. But as you said, Arve, I'm annoyed because I know Eddie probably does have a plan, and
2: it's a system as well. Like you, you got to realize that just chucking in 15 new players isn't always going to like it's Like we said about the whole France team, it's a system. It's just a system, and and they will come in when it's ready for them. And it's and, ready.
0: know, and, and just finally finish on the Alt Nations Cup, France. Fair play, you've you've grew the depth, yeah. you've grew the depth, and you need Shout depth out to the win boys. things.
2: Fair Shout play
0: to the And overall, Alt Nations Cups done, or as other people call it, the Amazon Prime Super Cup. Um,
1: <laughs> and yeah,
0: I'm in, I'm glad we had extra time. I'm glad we had a finale. Really exciting game, and it was a
1: lovely way to finish it. Shame we didn't have penalties. Yeah. <laughs> it is a shame. One wanting it so bad. I was just thinking Cardiff Blue Leicester Tigers throwback. I was so ready. I could just oh, see in my mind so... like 10
2: 10 Genji stepping up. Oh, would have been yeah.
1: sick. It would have been so funny.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh...
1: But like you know what, old Nations Cup it was good. I think it was appropriate just in the year that we've had to just have some international rugby. And it was a high standard, you know without a doubt. Um and hopefully um going forward teams like Georgia and Fiji and hopefully maybe a Samoa and a Tonga can um, begin to compete more at an international level, I think. Sure. My concluding remarks.
0: Um, I guess the place we do see a lot of those players is the European Cup, and it is
1: back. And we'll just smooth quickly translate smooth transition.
0: We'll just quickly touch on it. Really excited to see the European Cup back, and there was some oh, changes. There is um, some
1: changes. Don't know are Is that my cue to tell them? Right. Friend, <laughs> I've been Zach. practicing all day. Oh, do up. Basically, European Cup this year. Is two teams or two two pools, twelve teams. Not everyone is gonna not everyone will play each other in their group. However, it's done. It's a tiered system, um, and this is based on your domestic performance the previous season. So, for example, tier one is the highest. Tier four is the lowest. There's three teams per tier. Leinster, Ulster are in tier one um, of their you know, respective pools or groups. Exeter, Wasp are the same. Basically, the teams that have made the final of their domestic competitions. And then it kind of filters in from there. Um, and then tier one teams will play two, tier, two teams from tier four in their own group. And then tier two and tier three will play the same, same sort of vibe. Um, so for example, Ulster will play the two tier four teams and they will play Gloucester and Toulouse because Glasgow is um, in in the Pro 14, uh, and you play that team home and away. I guess we'll quickly touch on Ulster. Well done, Zach. Well done, mate. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Nailed feeling my life in the BBC, you know, sport or
0: something. <laughs> Ulster, I've got Toulouse at the Kingspan tonight, Friday also, night, Friday the 11th, all, if you're listening to it yeah, later
1: on. Before we discuss this, actually, well, let's just discuss it now. How on earth are to lose a Tier 4 team? How bad were they last season?
2: They just... Should we have a little look? What what, but, what like, position like, did they come in? The top fourteen four? is
1: competitive, but like, how are they tier four? <laughs> They're European semi finalists. How are they tier four? <laughs> I'm just like, Ulster tier one. they English playing like I don't know, Connacht, even though they can't. You know what I mean? Like that's the to, thing. Toulon,
2: I... we on Toulouse, sorry. Yeah, Aye, Toulouse. Toulouse came. Eighth or seventh? you'd even be in it. Five, six, seventh, seventh. There you go. That's so, what I mean. The top fourteen's competitive.
0: Go. You're seeing. Yeah, Clermont, La
2: Rochelle. Rochelle. Yeah, Clermont, La Rochelle, Toulon, Racing, Lyon, and Bordeaux ahead of them in that order. Wow. Um,
1: well, there you yeah. go. Fair play. But that that it's a
0: great tournament because it doesn't really matter all that because everyone in it's decent. Yeah. Even Treviso and it's stuff true. are decent, it's and true. we'll put a span on the works. It's true. I'm, Again,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm
0: for me, game. from an Ulster fans perspective, Gloucester to lose, I'll take three out of four wins, and I think that'll be
1: enough to go through. Should be enough, yeah.
0: Which means tonight is it's all on the line in the first game because it's only that <laughs> you only play, you only play a few games. Four games so isn't it? yeah. it's only four games, so like tonight, if you lose at home in your first game, it's over. And I don't know, does that make it more exciting or does that make it?
1: It's 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 going to be very interesting because it's the way it works is the top four teams from each group will go through, and like it's it's really it's going to be really interesting just how it works. I think you're definitely right. Telf Ulster or just any team, it's it's always that classic. You got to win your home games and you got to win in this case at least one away yeah. game. Usually it's you know it's two away games if it's it's if it's what the usual format is. So yeah, Ulster have to win. Gotta to pick up it's bonus a points. Game.
0: And I thing you'll find is as well if say take Ulster for example, if they lose this game, or you might not see it of Ulster, but maybe more the premiership and the top fourteen sides, if they lose the first game or the second game, they'll start putting out second string sides, which yeah. will then mean in terms of fixtures, you might get lucky, say if you've got a Rassing or someone. At the last game away, and they're putting out second-string side when usually you go over there and lose. So a lot of it, I feel the latter. After the first two rounds, you'll know who, you'll know basically who's going through already because I think it's, it's going to open up.
2: Uh, but also on a, coming out of that from a from a, I guess another way as well is though it's going to be extremely interesting because there's going to be a lot of games happening in your pool that you have absolutely no control over. That yeah. are just like like Racing could be neck and neck with Ulster the whole way, but you're never gonna even look at each other and you're yeah. never even playing That's the same teams. Point. So like you could be fighting each other and it's just gonna be an outscoring match between, say, Racing and Clermont versus Ulster versus Gloucester. Is that and what it's just gonna be who can I think it is. I think there's going to yeah. be way more permutations involved because it's not just the case of oh, we'll uh, say to- say you go get winning against racing, that instantly just knocks them down a few pegs, and then you've instantly got this cushion against you, haven't you? But you're going to have to go out there, and I think you're going to have to win more than just your home games, because I think there's going to be so many points involved in some of these teams. Like you think about the teams in your in pool B, your three teams go through. You've got Exeter, Leon, Ulster, Bristol, Munster, and Racing, just in the top in tier one and tier two in your in your pool. Who all of them could go and get. Like 10, I don't think 14 points or so is going to do enough. I think it's going to be very high scoring. And I think you're going to need, oh, you're going know, to need, need a three, serious amount of
0: points. You're going to need 15, I'd say, to go through. I
2: think you're going to it's need, gonna yeah. Be,
1: it's going to be, honestly, and a losing I'm,
0: bonus point away.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I think you need at least 16, 17 points. Yes. Like it's 12 teams going for four places. It's going to be, I'm excited. It's just, it's going to be different. You're going to be you hoping
2: hope. on a Connor to be knocking Bristol or something. Just... Oh, yeah. You're gonna be hoping like on just, something it's like so,
1: that. I feel like you're supporting so many other teams and stuff. Yeah. But it's just it's like I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I'm really
0: it's weird. It's weird. We've got a Nations Cup. We've got the new format. It's all just different and it it's is. exciting.
1: Every and...
2: cloud has a silver lining, they say, don't they? That's so it.
1: definitely.
0: I guess we yeah. we we'll, we'll probably don't have time to go through every single game, but we'll we'll just do the tie of the round, which is let me think about it. Yep, to lose Ulster tonight <laughs> is tie of the round at the Kingspan. At the Kingspan.
1: Oh, here we go. What's your um, predictions? Ulster win. Um, you gotta be you gotta come out of the block strong. Um <laughs> the two lose side looks <laughs> unreal. It looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I live in hope. Ulster at the Kingspan, don't lose. Um and you just gotta hope Ulster beat they beat Racing at the Kingspan, they've beaten Exeter at the Kingspan, they beat Monster, yeah. Leinster—they just went at the Kingspan. So, I'm Bro, gonna go are you saying BP? I'm gonna say bonus point win.
0: <laughs> I'm saying bonus point
1: win as well. Of the boys. <laughs> you need a bonus point win. You have to. James Shum is gonna have an absolute, like, unreal match performance tonight. Michael is gonna tell Andy Farrell that he is Ireland's 15. Um, it's all gonna happen. Jake Stock- Jacob Stockdale's gonna have the game of his life. Shirt McCluskey's just gonna be knocking boys over. Um. <laughs> Tom O'Toole coming off the bench. Oh,
2: anyway, I'm, I'm, oh, right. I'm excited. I think, uh, I think Ulster are going to win. I don't actually think it's going to be a bonus point, though. Ulster... I do think you're going to win. I do think you're going to win. Oh... Yeah. 500 I mean...
1: fans at the Kingspan, too. Don't underestimate You've been high-scoring.
2: like Looking at last, the last six of Ulster, knocking boys over ever since the Cardiff game a couple month, a month there's, ago. So. There's
0: no real... There's no... I'd say Leinster away to Montpellier will be an interesting one to keep tabs on because if Leinster lose the first game away to Montpellier, which could easily happen because it's in France, opens things up. Uh, Who have Exeter got? Because it'd be nice to see them not get all I'll too do well. Start. <laughs> I I'm just to see looking, no, I'm Exeter just, or Ulster going through. That's
1: what I want. I'm just thinking about the sides that
2: are actually, you know, up there. Really going to push it. Know. Exeter have got Glasgow at home on Sunday.
0: There you go. That's a perfect start. That's five pointers off and running.
2: Yeah. Um, Racing have got Munster Monster have got Quins. Monster. See Quinns
0: back. I feel. I feel yeah. this. It's like too long. Seal away too long. It's all pretty predictable. The first round, apart from that, Ulster maybe, the Montpellier. Bristol the Clermont hearts.
2: might be a good game. Mr. Yeah. Clement, so
0: Yeah, but we'll, we'll keep tabs on that anyway throughout, throughout the Christmas period and we'll keep up to date. But thanks, boys, for getting tuned in, hopefully, for a big win tonight. And yeah, boys, have a good Christmas. This is the last Paul we're doing. So enjoy oh. your, have a good stocking, stockings, maybe, if you're a rich kid. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch
1: you next time. Cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers, man. It's been a great year. Ciao. Thanks.